Hey there, Brother Mark with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yah's Laws and Commandments. Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. A little tongue twister there. Hopefully your day is going good, your Sabbath is going good, your week was good, and if it was challenging, we pray that you would triumph over it in the power of His name. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, I pray that we would grow and increase in Yah's laws and commandments. And so we're going to get started. I don't really have a title for today's teaching, but it's about heaven. And next week we're going to, or next time, we're going to teach about and complete, I think complete, when Yeshua comes back to the earth and we're going to talk about his thousand year reign. But nonetheless, let's get started on what Yah has put in my heart for today. We need to have an understanding of what the scripture says about heaven. Now, believe it or not, there are many Torah people, they are anti-heaven. They don't want nothing to do with heaven and I don't get it. I don't understand it. But nonetheless, we're going to look at what the Scripture says, and we're going to receive information and revelation from what the Scripture says, and then we're going to go from there. So let's start out in Matthew 6 and verse 20, what the Messiah has to say about heaven. And whatever the Scripture says about heaven, you need to release your faith and you need to believe for that reality to come to pass in your life. So the first thing in verse 20 it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures, where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through, nor steal. Now, in the previous verse, it says not to lay up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Now, this doesn't mean you shouldn't have a bank account, a checking account, a savings account, retirement accounts. It just means those things can be corrupted. Um, you know, some years ago, when a lot of people lost money that they had in their 401ks that they were planning for retirement, many of them had to go back to work. Many of them had to continue working because what they were counting on for their retirement was corrupted, was destroyed when the market crashed and the bottom fell out, I believe that was 2008. So this is what it's referring to, but it says, but lay up for yourselves treasures, plural, treasures in heaven. So if we, the elect, those that believe in Yahshua, those that live according to his laws and commandments, if we were not going to at some point and at some time in eternity not be in heaven 
why would the Messiah then say to lay up treasures in heaven? Now, one thing I have come to understand, if you flip over to Philippians, chapter 4, uh, let's see if I can find the verse real quick. Um, pardon me as I, there it is, verse 17. It says, now he's, Paul's talking about those in Thessalonica that communicated with him, that, or Macedonia, that communicated with him, that gave unto him uh, provisions. He said, not because I desire a gift, meaning he was encouraging people to give, but I desire that I desire fruit that may abound to your account. To your account. So, then he says that his Elohim will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Messiah Yeshua. So, when you give any type of giving for the gospel's sake, it is laid up in store to your account. So you have, quote-unquote, a heavenly bank account where your treasures that you give on earth are laid up to you and that nothing can happen to them. And you and I can learn how to access that account Partly while we're here on earth. Just like you have a bank account, you write a check, you do everything that's necessary. In signing that check, you can cash that check and receive from your account the amount that you put in um, on that check. In the same way, you can access your account on earth through faith and through the name of the Messiah. And Yah will supply all your need according to his riches and glory out of that account. Now, it's not 100% dependent upon that account because Yah is, a Yah is Elohim of mercy and grace. But I will tell you this, if you go to the bank and you've not deposited anything into your account, you're not going to be able to receive anything from that account. And very much in the same way, if you're just focused on me, myself, and I, and you don't give to the poor, you don't give to other members of the body that are in need, you don't give to assemblies, you don't give to other ministries to help them, so on and so forth, then you will not have much laid up in store for that for your account. So when you need to draw out of that account, you may come up short. Now, I had no intentions of ministering that to you. So I believe that someone needed to hear this, that when you give, any type of giving, you give on earth for the gospel's sake. It is laid up for you in your heavenly bank account. So it says back in 
Matthew 6.20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So we see that there are treasures that we can lay up to an account in heaven. And if we were not going to have some form of being in heaven in the eternal realm for some season, it's not forever, but for some season, why would the Master tell us to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven? All right? That's something to think about. Let's go to the next, to Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 11. And Yahshua said, If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. So now this is revealing to us. Notice it says that your father, where is his location? In heaven. So your father, your heavenly father, Yah, is in heaven. All right, now drop down to verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Master, Master, shall enter into, what? The kingdom of heaven. Now, Matthew is the only writer that uses the phrase, quote-unquote, kingdom of heaven. The other writers use the phrase, kingdom of Elohim. Now, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Elohim is pretty much the same thing. Now, Here's one thing to understand. Matthew was a Hebrew. So when Matthew wrote the book of Matthew, it was written in Hebrew. And it was then translated by Rome out of Hebrew into Greek and then into English or if you have a Spanish Bible, whatever. Or whatever country you may be listening to this in, it may be translated. But nonetheless, it was written originally in Hebrew, and you need to always go back to the original Hebrew to see what the Scripture is saying. So it says here, many will say to, or Master, Master, everyone that saith unto me, Master, Master, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, not everyone, I left off that part, that's a big part, not everyone that saith unto me, Master, Master, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why would it say, if we're not going to spend any time in heaven, as some believe, they're going to lay, they believe they're going to lay dormant in the ground, until the resurrection takes place, and then they will reign with Messiah on earth. Now, they will reign with Messiah on earth, and their bodies may be in the grave, but their spirits and their souls 
are not going to be in the grave. The scripture clearly reveals that. But it says here that the Messiah said, Not everyone that says unto me, Master, Master, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then it says, they'll say, How come? And he said, we, they, they would say to Messiah, We prophesied in your name, did all these wonderful works in your name. But then he responds to them, he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity, or you that are lawless. See, it's not about what you do in his name or in another name that you think is the Messiah's name, but it's about whether or not you keep his laws and commandments. See, it's important to know his name, but that's not going to save you all by itself. Remember, James said that without works, your faith is useless. It is empty. It is dead. It, it produces nothing. So you need a combination of faith and works, and we talked about that in previous settings. So let's just continue. Look in Matthew 13. I know I'm not going to get to all these scriptures for time's sake, but I'll at least get you started and you continue your own research. Look at what it says in verse 11. And this is Yahshua speaking. And he said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And this was an uh, answer to a question of why he speaks in parables. And it says, Because it is given unto you, the elect, Unto you that are Torah-minded, unto you that believe in Yahshua the Messiah, unto you that are continuing in His Word, in His laws and commandments, and obeying them, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them that are Gentiles, to them that are not born from above, to them that do not know the Messiah, to them that do not continue in his laws and commandments, do not obey his laws and commandments, it is not given. See, it says in John 3 that you must be born from above to understand and to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Or that, that John said the kingdom of Elohim. Alright, again... There is revelation concerning the mysteries of heaven and the Hebrew Matthew said the Messiah used the term mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So think about that. All right, let's go to the next one. Verse 24. And it says, Another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed 
into the field. So right here, Yahshua compares the kingdom of heaven to a farmer planting seed. And there's been much teaching and understanding and revelation that has come to the body concerning how the kingdom of heaven is compared to a seed being planted. The seed is the word of Yah. The seed is his laws and commandments. And when that seed is sown in good soil, it will produce a harvest just like when a farmer plants a seed of corn or wheat or whatever that with proper new, uh, water, proper heat from the sun, it produces a harvest and then eventually you harvest what was sown. And Yahshua said that the kingdom of heaven is compared to that. Again, he is revealing to us how the kingdom of heaven operates. All right? Um, let's go to chapter 18 in Matthew. And we'll begin in verse 3. Matthew 18 and verse 3. And it says, And said, Verily I say unto you, Except you be converted, and become as little children, you, now understand this part, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we know that the kingdom of heaven is twofold. It is a physical, literal place. It is also a spiritual realm that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven in the spiritual realm while you are here on earth and you can receive from it. But you can, there is also a physical, eternal, literal place called the kingdom of heaven. And at some point in our life, we will be there for a season. Now when you are born from above and you obey his laws and commandments, you will go there, in my opinion, as I understand the scriptures, when you leave this earth, to be absent from your body is to be present with Yah. And so if the great tribulation hasn't taken place yet, and if Yahshua hasn't come back yet, then when we um, leave our bodies, we will go to paradise. We will go to a place that the scripture reveals to as heaven or where Yahweh is. So we're going to go wherever Yah and Yahshua is. Because remember, he said that he's building a place for you and he will come back, this is John 14, he will come back and receive you and take you to where he is. 
So I don't really care if it's, if we have the wrong name and we call it heaven, I just want to go where he is, into that place of paradise, into that eternal realm where Yah is and Yahshua is, where peace rules and reign until the Messiah and we come back with him to rule and reign with him a thousand years upon this earth and then he destroys the enemy and his followers, the false prophet, and everybody else connected to it, and they're all thrown in the lake of fire, and then the new Jerusalem and a new heaven, a new earth comes to comes on down. Come on down, as the game show said. So, anyways, let's go now to um, chapter 19. Chapter 19, and again, this is what Yahshua was teaching his disciples in verse 23. Then Yahshua said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, and again I say, it is easier. It didn't say that a rich person couldn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. It didn't say a person that was wealthy couldn't enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. But he said it was hard. It was difficult. Why is that? Because usually when you have great wealth, you're looking to protect it because people on the earth are trying to always get something out of you, con you into their investments, take advantage of you, deceive you so that you will give them your money so that they can go and, you know, you just look at it so they can go and do whatever they want with it. You just look at how many fraudulent crimes are committed where people, you know, commit all these fraudulent crimes and they take the money that was supposed to go to help people. They take it. They buy yachts. They buy million-dollar mansions. They buy boats. They buy, you know, Rolls Royces and all that. And Yah is not opposed to anybody that works hard or that has an inheritance, that they receive that kind of wealth to enjoy those finer things in life. But he doesn't want those finer things in life to be your focus to be your goal, or to control you. That is why, remember that when the rich young ruler came to Yahshua and said, I've obeyed all your commandments for eternal life, what should I do? He said, there's one thing you lack. Go sell, every, go give everything you had and give it to the poor. Sell it, give it to the poor and come follow me. And he turned away and he walked away from Yahshua. Why? Because his wealth had him in bondage. He was in control. He couldn't, he couldn't think of um, parting with it. That's when wealth is a negative. When you have wealth, you can be a great blessing. You can pay people's mortgages off. You can buy them houses. You can buy them cars. You can feed them. You can help them in ministry. <clears throat> Do things that 
they otherwise couldn't do because they had to have money to buy those services and because they didn't have money they couldn't they couldn't do that they were restricted so again notice that Yahshua said the phrase enter into the kingdom of heaven see we are going to enter and he's not talking about just a spiritual kingdom here. He's talking about something that's literal, that's physical, that's eternal. That you and I, there, we can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Now, let's go. I skipped the rest of, if you just Google heaven, um, you'll find all kinds of things. And just for... For time's sake, I skipped Mark, Luke, and John because they pretty much said the same thing. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and let's see what Shaul, the Apostle Paul, says. See if it lines up with what Yahshua came and he began to reveal. Now remember, our foundation is the Torah. Everything is built off of the Torah. Now, there are some things that Yahshua came to tweak, if you will. He renewed the covenant. But there is a few changes. You don't need to, to, to get forgiven or redeemed from your sin. You don't need to go out and kill a bull or a goat and take the blood and put it on an altar. No, or a lamb. You have the lamb. His name is Yahshua. He is the Passover lamb. And there was, there's another thing that was tweaked. Um, here, before we read that, Yah's Spirit is, re, is reminding me to go over this. In Luke 16, go to Luke 16, and we'll come to 2 Corinthians 5 in a second. That Yahshua tweaked a few things that was in the Old Covenant. And the reason it's a new covenant, or a renewed covenant is some things ended and some things were added to it. And one of the things that Yahshua added to it is where you and I went after our bodies decayed. Now, in Luke 16, this took place. And also remember, I, I think it was Matthew 17. It was on the mountain of transfiguration. When Yahshua went up there with Peter and John, and um, I believe it was Moses and Elijah appeared unto Yahshua. And Peter said, should we build a tent unto you? And Moses and Elijah began to minister to Yahshua. Now question, if all the Old Testament saints... You know, and there are many righteous, obedient Torah believers. If they were just in the grave, how did Elijah and Moses appear to Yahshua? How did they appear to Yahshua? There had to be a place where the New Testament saints were gathered. Now their bodies, yes, were in the grave. Also, think of this. In Ephesians, it said that, that the Messiah first descended into the lower parts of the earth and he led captivity captive. 
he led people that the enemy might have had been holding captivity, he led them out. He took them out of wherever that place was, and we can debate over where, what that place is called, but nonetheless, Yahshua led them out. And he led them, my, my belief is he led them to the heavenly place that he was preparing, to the heavenly place where they would remain until it was time to come back and rule and reign. Now, the original disciples are coming back to rule and reign. The original saints are coming back to rule and reign with Messiah during the millennial reign. Alright, now in Luke 16, beginning in verse 19, it talks about a rich man and then a beggar. And then it says um, in verse 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in the grave, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. See, now, if he was just in the grave, your spirit, soul, and body were just in the grave, you wouldn't be tormented. You would just be dead. You would have no feeling. You would have no emotions. You would have no thoughts. But he, and you can read this, he clearly communicates with Abraham and this reveals, and if you just look at Lazarus's, it says Lazarus was comforted. And there's a great gulf betwixt us two that you can both see into each other. And, you know, and I just imagine that all those people that were looking into Abraham's bosom, they were remembering all the times people witnessed to them. All the time that they, they mocked the righteous for obeying Yah's laws and commandments, for keeping the Sabbath. Well, they are now being tormented by those thoughts. That's at least one torment. The guilt and, oh, I should have listened to, you know, John. I should have listened to Sue. I should have listened. But they didn't. And I pray that will not be your fate, that you will listen, hear, and obey Yah's laws and commandments and receive the Hebrew Messiah, Yahshua HaMashiach, and live according to His laws and commandments. So you can study this out, but again, there has to be a place. There has to be a place that is called the kingdom of heaven, paradise, whatever you want to call it, that the saints go to. And there is no way, there is no way in my understanding and in the revelation I have received that the saints would remain spirit, soul, and body in the grave. Because how did they communicate, how, how did they communicate here? If they were just in the grave, their bodies were, but their their spirit and souls were not. Also, think about when uh, Moses and uh, I believe it was Elijah appeared to Yahshua. 
on the mountain of transfiguration. Well, if they were just in the grave, how did that happen? So, also, then you re remember, in John chapter 11, Yahshua again, the Messiah, the Word, the one that delivered the Word to Moses, um, the one that wrote the Word to Moses, Yahshua, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahshua. When Lazarus died, different Lazarus, Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus died. She said to him, if you would have been here, my brother would have lived. And then Yahshua said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he is dead, he, will also, he shall live. Do you believe this? And she responded, I believe he will be resurrected in the last days. And that's what was the Torah mindset for that time. But Yahshua said, I am the resurrection. And then he proved it by resurrecting Lazarus from the grave. That when you are in Messiah, you are a new creation. Your spirit and your soul will live eternally. Yes, your body will perish. And you will receive a new body in the resurrection so that when our bodies are resurrected, we will then rule and reign with Messiah. It won't just be a spiritual body, but it will be an uncorruptible body. Nonetheless, let's go now to 2 Corinthians 5.1. I hope and I pray this is ministering to you. This is giving you things to think about, scriptures to research, and to really contemplate it that there is an eternal realm called heaven that I don't know how long you and I are going to be there. It doesn't say. I just know that we're going to be there, that it's a place of extreme peace. It's a place where no sickness and disease, no evil, no demons, no torments, no violence, no crime is. That is also... When we come to rule and reign with Messiah on earth, we're bringing that realm, that power, that anointing, that sphere, if you would, to the earth. And for those thousand years, the earth is going to be just like Eden, which is a type of heaven. So, in 2 Corinthians 5.1, it says... We know that if our earthly house, so that's your body, of this tabernacle were, were dissolved, meaning it decays, we have a building, a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Eternal in the heavens eternal in the heavens your spirit which is where Yah dwells within you your soul which is your mind your will and your emotions remember and uh, Paul prayed this that he prayed that your whole spirit 
your whole soul and your whole body would be preserved blameless, intact, whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's another study in itself. But we see here that Paul is talking about our earthly house. And he's also talking about a house not made with human hands. And that is our spiritual being. For in, verse 2, For in this we groan earnestly to be clothed with our house Get it? With our house, which is from heaven. Which is from heaven. And if so, being that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. So it talks about our house, which is... Um, from heaven. Now think of this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, Paul talks about being caught up into the third heaven. And he says, <clears throat> uh, let's, just, let's just turn there. Because I space out the exact quote. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says, For I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot, cannot tell. And then in the previous verses, it says, um, I know a man in Messiah about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell. Meaning he doesn't know if he was in the natural realm or he saw something in the eternal realm in whether he was in a heavenly body. I cannot tell. Elohim knoweth, such an one caught up to the third heaven, ascended up to the third heaven, taken up to the third heaven. So, again, this gives you more information to think about. Now, the, now we're getting into some really good stuff, so bear with me. If you need to take a break, just hit pause. That's what's awesome about Recording this, you can hit pause, come to it the next day if you are had enough to meditate in and then pick it up and go on. I do that all the time. Okay, in Ephesians 1, verse 10, it says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Messiah both which are in heaven and which are on the earth. So, <clears throat> why would Yahshua, why would the Apostle Shaul, Paul, be talking about treasures in heaven, people in heaven, caught up into heaven, things laid up in heaven, and then here he talks about that, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Messiah that are both in heaven and in the earth, in him. 
So it reveals to us that there are things, beings, people that are in heaven that are in Messiah. Or in other words, there's two families, one in, one in heaven and one in the earth. Just like um, my wife's from New Mexico. She has a son in New Mexico. We have a son in New Mexico, grandchildren in New Mexico. But we're in Florida. Our family is in New Mexico and in Florida. We also have a son in uh, Arkansas, another family in um, other in Wisconsin and other places. Who knows wherever Colorado and different places, Wyoming, or at least they were in Wyoming. I don't know if they still are. But nonetheless, same family, but we're in two different locations. So Messiah. It says here has two families and they're in two different locations eternal realm heaven and in the earth now look in chapter 3 now Paul received much revelation that other people did not receive concerning these things and we need to study it we need to receive it. We need to learn what he says. And here again, it says, verse 15, of whom, and this is a, a prayer you can pray, and it starts out with verse 14, for this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Master, Yeshua Messiah, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So if there is no heaven, if you don't go to heaven, if there is no paradise, why did Yahshua say to the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise? Why did Yahshua teach about a specific human being called Lazarus that went to Abraham's bosom? And who was whole in Abraham's bosom. Who was blessed in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man who was, had wealth on the earth, he was in torments. Now it wasn't he was in torments because he was rich. He was in torments because he was wicked. Remember, Yahshua said, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. So if you don't, take care of the least of these on earth, you are then breaking his laws of loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's what put that wealthy man, at least in part, into torments. So we see here that there is a family in two locations. And you can just read this prayer and pray this for yourself. I don't want to get sidetracked. <clears throat> Look in Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10. People always tell me I don't give them enough time to get to the scriptures, so I'm trying to give them time. All right. Verse 10 says that, you know, verse 9 says, Wherefore Yahweh has exalted him 
and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Yahshua every knee should bow of things in the earth and things under the earth. I need you to just hold on with me. Our neighbor is starting to cut the grass and we're going to pull this inside. So just bear with me. Just bear with me, please. And we will pick this up here in a second. You know, you can't control when neighbors are going to do their lawn. They don't know nothing about the Shabbat. So, um, all right. Sorry about that. Um, no, turn the light on, please. Oh, okay. Okay. Here, see if this light helps a little. Ah, that's fine, that's fine, never mind. All right. So it says in Philippians 2.9, Wherefore Yahweh also exalted him, and give him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Yahshua, every knee should bow of things in heaven. And that word things is beings. So it says here that at the name of Yahshua, every knee should bow of beings in heaven beings in the earth and beings under the earth. So, it again reveals more of the fact that there are pluralities of realms just trying to straighten this out. There are plurality of realms. So there is a heavenly realm. Otherwise, why did Paul say that at the name of Yahshua, every being in heaven, on the earth, and below the earth will bow? And then it says, And every tongue sh should confess that Yahshua Messiah is... Yahweh. That's what it says in the original. So let's just let's just continue here. All right. Look in Philippians 3 and verse 20. It says for our conversation which means our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Messiah, Yahshua. So again, it's, it reveals here, Paul is revealing that our citizenship is in heaven. Again, more information to consider. Now go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 
chapter 1, so 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So again, it talks about an inheritance that is undefiled and reserved for you where? In heaven. You know, something I always think about when we get many disturbances when we're teaching outside is that the enemy is trying to disrupt things. You, and he's trying to disrupt the word that is coming forth. So don't let it disrupt. I too have to deal with my flesh when I get disrupted like that or people start making noise, dark, dark, barking. You know, it's irritating. So don't let it disrupt you. From the topic at hand. So it says here, again, that we have an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled. All right? Now, as we begin to wind this down, go to Revelation chapter 8. And verse number 1. Revelation chapter 8 and verse number 1. It says, When he opened the seventh seal... There was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Again, notice there was silence where? In heaven. Excuse me. All right? Something else to think about. And look in Revelation 11, verse 12. And it says, Come up hither, and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud. That sounds like 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. They ascended up to heaven in a cloud and beheld their enemies saw them, beheld their enemies, saw them. So how could they have seen them? They had to have been ascended or gathered up off the earth into heaven. And in Revelation 11, Per my understanding is when Yahshua comes back to gather up the elect. And in chapter 11 is when the elect are gathered to heaven. And in verse 15 it says, The seventh angel sounded. There were great voices in heaven. That's a multitude 
of voices where? In heaven. See, all these scriptures reveals that there is a reality in a literal place as well as a spiritual realm called heaven. And this is when we are all in heaven and a multitude of voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our master and of his Messiah and he shall reign forever. And this is when the thousand year millennial reign begins to take place. And we are declaring and we are seeing with our physical, spiritual eyes that the trump, trumpet has sounded. The seventh trumpet has sounded. And it's time for Yahshua to return. It's time for him to make the kingdoms of this world his kingdom. All right, now here's a few other scriptures. Revelation 2.7. It says, To him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of Elohim. Where is, where is Elohim? Where is the throne room? That's where the tree of life is. In heaven. And Yahshua says to him that overcomes. So whatever you are battling, whatever is, has a hold over you, whatever weakness of the flesh you have, just keep battling through it because eternity depends on it. He says, I will give you the right to eat from the tree of heaven or the tree of life, excuse me. And where is that? In heaven. Look in Revelations 3.21. To him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. So where is Yahshua's throne? Where is Yah's, excuse me, throne? And that is in heaven. That gives you much to think about. Okay, one more scripture. Yahshua said, I am the way. So where is he the way to? I am the truth. And I am the life. And no man comes to the Father. So where is the Father and where is the way Yahshua is leading us to? And where is the Father that we are coming to? In heaven. He's preparing the way of Yahweh for us to spend eternity with Yah. And at least part of that eternity is going to be in heaven. And the rest of it is going to be on earth in the new Jerusalem, in the new heaven and the new earth.
Yahshua also said in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. So where, where, if he's the door, you're entering into someplace. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So this could be referring to two realms, relationship and the heavenly, eternal, physical place called heaven. He is the door. You aren't getting in to heaven without coming through the door, Yahshua HaMashiach. You're not doing it. It don't matter how a good old boy you are. You're not getting in if you're not born from above. And if you're born from above, he's going to write his laws and commandments upon your heart. And you're going to willingly, lovingly, with joy, desire to obey them. If you don't, you're not born from above. You might have been at one time, but you have just been steeped and you are just in, uh, uh, have your religion. You have religion. You have religiousness. You are holding on to religion more than Yah's laws and commandments. All right. Um, one more verse. I didn't write the verse down. It's in Revelation 19. And we're starting to run out of time. So... Let's go to verse 5, Revelation 19, 5. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our Elohim, ye his servants, ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. Where's that great multitude? In the throne room. Where's the throne room? In heaven. If we're not going to heaven at least in part for a season, why would it say that there's a great voice in the throne room, a great multitude, and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for Yahweh, El Shaddai, omnipotent, reigneth. Why would that be there if there is no heaven? So, I pray that this word brought you much understanding that there is a spiritual realm called heaven that you have an account that you've laid up to. And there is a physical account. I mean, there is a physical place called heaven, which at least in a season for a, a time compared to eternity, it'll be a short time that you and I will be in before we come to rule and reign with Messiah on the earth, before the great tribulation. You know, if our bodies perish, we're going to heaven until after the great tribulation, um, when Yahshua comes, so on and so forth. So Father, we thank you for this word. We pray it's a blessing. We pray that you would increase it and give us revelation like we've never had before. Until next time, Yahweh keep you, Yahweh bless you, Yah make his face shine upon you in the power of his name.